Hello everyone and welcome to the first Gravio podcast. This is the show that's going to explore social and video trends, the latest tech updates, cloud-based production and lots of other hot, to- hot topics impacting our industry. I'm Gareth Capon, CEO of Gravio, and today I'm joined by Gravio's own VP of Marketing, Claire Butler. And today we're going to be talking about how easy it is to create your own live digital show. A lot of people out there believe you need a small army of people, a whole bunch of equipment, um, and lots of infrastructure to produce these shows. But in reality, creating a digital live show has become simpler, easier, and faster than ever with cloud video technologies. I completely agree, Gareth. We recently published a blog highlighting just five simple steps that anyone can take to create their own digital show. Major broadcasters such as UFC, the All England Club at Wimbledon and NASCAR have leveraged cloud production tools to deliver innovative and creative content. But it's not just the big players out there that can now create their own live content. With the advent of cloud-based technology, it makes video production accessible and easy to use, cutting out cables, OB trucks, the need for hardware, and even the need for crew to go into a physical production studio because you could all collaborate from any location using just a laptop and a web browser. So all of a sudden, any organisation that wants to engage with their fans, whether local or global, can do so by producing their own live magazine or behind-the-scenes show with ancillary content and pre-loaded VOD assets and distribute live to OTT, TV channels and or all the other social media platforms, much to the delight of your fans and followers wherever they are wishing to consume content. Should we get started then, Claire? Let's explore the first five steps. So, step one, choose your format, choose your asset. What does that really mean? It means that when we look at shows that work on digital, particularly the live shows, most of them combine talent who are often remote and not in the same location as the production crew Um, with driving participation with the audience. This is actually really easy to do now. You know, it creates new opportunities for for sponsors and brand partners, but most importantly, it helps to engage fans. We've got lots of examples of working with Gravio customers doing just these things over the last the last 12 months and of course you know what happened during the during the pandemic actually made made these remote production experiences far more important than it ever had been before. And if we look at the, a couple of the really useful examples um, from the last year, the first I'll bring out is our work that we did with, with Dorna, with Mo- the MotoGP organisation. When, uh, when the pandemic started, you know, as with many other sports federations, um, the, uh, the, the league was shut down, the races were off, um, everyone was at home, the drivers were at home. And so Dorna quickly switched to, instead of providing the MotoGP on the track, as would normally be the case, to delivering a whole load of esports virtual races. You know, Gravio supported that team, bringing together a combination of, you know, of fans and, uh, and esports players in the MotoGP formats, even with some of the drivers, to create a completely different live race experience, which obviously importantly could be delivered from anywhere, you know, completely virtually. And in fact, you know, esports was a really big theme for Gravio in the last 12 months, working with many of the major uh, football leagues uh, across, the, uh, across Europe, um, and in, the, in North America, um, and also some great work with EA, you know, working on some of their uh, big, uh, big live projects, including Apex Legends uh, and the FIFA, the FIFA tournament. Yes, it certainly was great to see the innovation and creativity as a result of the pandemic. As you say, Gareth, content providers had to pivot on how they could deliver engaging shows for their fans. So how did other sports federations take advantage of remote video production for live experiences during the pandemic? One of the more interesting 
um, experiences that we had working with a, with the sports federation was this year's work that we did with UFC. You know, UFC again had some restrictions on how many people they could get into their venues for fights and the major championships in the last in the last twelve to eighteen months. But they wanted to create a new live experiences for their fans, focusing on what was then and still is the fastest growing social media platform of all time on TikTok. So working with their team, we helped to provide a really lightweight production experience to start to do vertical video live streaming on TikTok. You know, a new format focused absolutely entirely on a mobile audience, combining remote cameras, even some footage shot on mobile phones, some live, some on demand, bringing in, you know, graphics and other capabilities to create a really high quality experience that went out on TikTok. And in fact, it was so successful, we're expanding the work that we're doing with UFC on that platform this year. So what we're trying to say is that the, you know, the, the flexibility that you get working in the cloud really makes things a lot simpler for production teams. And importantly, the, the many, much of this has been done by the digital and the social teams rather than having to impact on some of the other you know, broadcast work that the traditional production teams may be focused on. So then if we move on to the second step, we mentioned remote talent there. And I think that's definitely been an area that we've seen really significant growth uh, in the last year. Um, I'm sure that many of you would have seen the success that ESPN have had with the with the Manning Cast, you know, a show which is combining um, a new type of uh, you know of, ta- of talent of commentary around some of the NFL games, you know, bringing in both you know people in in the studio giving an alternative commentary, but also bringing in remote guests and creating an entirely new viewing experience. And again, this, you don't need to have you know the production capabilities from ESPN to do this. You know, just by sending out a link. Uh, you know, to to talent, whether they're on their mobile phone or on a laptop, you know, wherever they're on the world, you could bring them into a show, you know, create a digital production and start to distribute that, you know, across all of your, your digital and your social uh, accounts that, that you run. We've had lots, uh, lots of great experience of this in the last year. We worked with the uh, the English FA um, when, uh, during the early days of, of lockdown, bringing, bringing archive footage to fans. And it, instead of just replaying a game, you know, connecting with uh, with legends and talents of the game, and again talking about some of the matches that they played in, and this idea that you know this has been very popular for for archive footage and sort of uh, popular um, older matches, but actually is something that we expect to extend uh, into into live games too. Manning Cast is a is a great example of that from one of the major broadcasters. You know, the idea of you know connecting talent with fans, we also we've also seen with um, examples in tennis. You know, another great uh, ex- experience of working with with IMG on a production for for virtual tennis back in the uh, you know back in the summer of last year, where there was a mix of you know celebrities, influencers, and some professional tennis players all playing you know a virtual tennis tournament, which again would have been very difficult to do in a traditional broadcast sense. But when you can get people to jump on a laptop, play together, and, and send in their send in their live feed to communicate, it made it really really simple. Remote guest contribution is such a great example of the cloud in terms of collaboration. So what's the next steps needed to make sure the show is high quality and engaging for its audience? Well, one of the, the most important, quite obvious things is, is graphics. When you, you know, when you watch television, you know, part of the experience, particularly around sport, but actually any, any TV broadcast, is that it isn't just about the video. There's also graphics and information being put on screen. Um, again, in a, in a traditional sense, much of this would have been delivered using hardware and, and lots of physical infrastructure. But today you can build really high quality, flexible you know, graphics output um, using um, HTML tools, using t- tools which are rendered 
um, on in the cloud and the internet. I mean, we work you know directly with companies like Floex and Tagboard and Singular Live and Liga that have really powerful HTML you know five based graphics tools which you can we can integrate directly into Gravio's platform and they provide a you know a live graphics experience that is very very similar to what you'd see on traditional television. And examples of that you know that we've we've worked with in the in the last year actually combine elements of, of live graphics with, uh, with some of the audience participation too, which is sort of taking me on to the, the fourth step of our process, where one of the things that probably differentiates um, much of the activity on, for live streaming on social and on digital is that element of fans being engaged in the show. Now, how do you listen to the conversations that are happening on social media and how do you make that part of the actual live experience? For example, some of the work we did with the Arizona Cardinals last year, um, we created a pre and post match show around some of their NFL games, which combined you know talent talking about you know, talking about the game, giving analysis and punditry, but also bringing in clips on Twitter and Instagram, you know, and Facebook from fans, you know, allowing the fans to be part of the live experience, but also helping their conversation to drive what that what that output looked like. We did something similar uh, with the All England Club last year um, for a show called The Coffee Morning, which was, uh, which was streamed live on social media every day during, during the Women and Tournament, um, but also, importantly, went out to, to fans on the hill. Actually, you could watch the same show while sitting on Hen- Henman Hill being broadcast on the big screen. So this idea of you know, making sure the content gets everywhere where your fans might be, even if you're at the venue, I think is really, really important. Uh, and when you think about that, I think that's a, that's a sort of a key question that many of our of our partners are thinking about now, but you know, when you have people who are you know, watching a traditional TV channel or involved in sports at a venue, they're only ever going to be a, a small subsection of the total audience of the total fan base, and because many of those other fans are either going to be following along on social or maybe in an entirely different different country where their their experience of of the sport of the of the show of the of the event the music event maybe is actually driven almost entirely from social media absolutely and when you think that you know 4.48 billion people around the world um, are actually you know active on social media and that's more than half the world's population integration with social media platforms has never been so important Um, social media platforms have gone from popular networking tools to to really global media and entertainment channels with many consumers using social media as a primary source of news and to access video from what whoever and whoever interests them that whole second screen experience you know we, we never really watch the tv nowadays do we without having our iphone close to hand because we really want to be part of the conversation so i think this needs to be really top of mind when devising a strategy to increase fandom and engagement and of course increase brand loyalty so I guess for the fourth step then, um, once you've chosen your format, set up your graphics and got your talent ready and waiting, you can really push the boundaries of fan engagement by listening to the audience, listening to what they're saying and really bringing them into your show. So make sure you've got your social listening and comment moderation tool set up for a great experience for your fans. Grabio's platform is integrated with audience participation tools such as Neverknow, Flowix and Tagboard which allows customers to collect social posts, questions and comments from their audience and display them on screen for presenters and talent to answer and interact with. Users can also bring in polls, adding a more creative level of engagement too. 
So here we're not just helping production teams, I guess, reach a new audience on social, but actually engaging with them, giving them the opportunity to influence live conversation and getting those integrations set up before time is key, allowing a live broadcast to be executed seamlessly. This has proven to increase engagement and watch times, which has often been harder to do when broadcasting on social media. Yes, thank you, Claire. I think that's really important. I mean, this probably goes back to the, the most popular participation formats on, on TV, which is you know, voting in, in reality shows. You know, it's, been, it's been around for a, for a decade or more in some of the most popular live shows on TV outside of the big, big sporting events are these, uh, are these shows which you bring together you know, the fans and the audience watching at home, be able to vote and participate and ultimately influence the outcome of the show. And on a social platform, that's absolutely how it works. You know, anyone watching you know, a live stream on YouTube or Facebook or, or Twitter is, is part of a community. You can comment, you can interact with polls and quizzes, you can start to look, listen to what's being said by other people you know, within that community. And actually, that, has been, that sort of interactive um, you know, feedback process is actually part of the live streaming experience on those platforms. I mean, when you look at a, a platform such as Twitch, it goes a level further. In fact, the, the, the participation of the audience is almost built into the experience of the live stream. Again, you know, it started with gaming on Twitch and, and huge growth in esports, but now you're seeing, you're seeing sports federations and broadcasters and others actually starting to take their content onto the Twitch platform for, you know, for a number of reasons. One is obviously to be able to reach a, a different audience type but also to start to be able to test out some of these things, you know, co-streaming, allowing other, you know, some of the Twitch influencers to, to comment on a game and provide feedback and, uh, and commentary interactivity around a specific event or a live show, just as they might do when they're playing, playing eSports live and interacting with their community. The other thing I think is important when you look at interactivity and feedback on a platform like Twitch is that the idea of getting donations and, uh, and sort of comments from followers Again, that's sort of built into that experience on Twitch, and maybe that's an early indication of some of the more, uh, you know, more recent developments in, in Web three, and you know the the idea of participation as part of a community. When you look at what's happening with DAOs and, and NFTs in, in the gaming space, I think actually this is probably an indication of where some of these more interactive experiences might go. You know, we started at a place where we went from you know one to many broadcasting in the traditional TV industry to broadcasting with a level of social participation in Web 2, maybe in Web 3 we're going to see that participation turn into economic benefit for the community and I think that's definitely a fascinating part of the potential developments that we'll see in the industry in the, uh, in the, coming, in the coming years. Yes, Web 3 is a fascinating world. Some moot 2022 is the year that it really does start to gain momentum. But let's go back to our five steps, Gareth. While we're not quite there yet with how digitally connected people cross over into the physical space in real time, where should content providers be live streaming to in order to reach their audiences wherever their digital footprint is? I think the simple answer is as many platforms as possible to reach as many people as possible. But that probably doesn't necessarily tell the whole story. You want a tool that makes it, makes it simple to reach all of your audience and all of the platforms on which they spend their time. The more distribution you can get, your greater opportunity for audience engagement and participation. However, there are you know, differences in the way that the audiences behave on each of these platforms. So when you think about streaming to, to Twitch versus TikTok versus Facebook, maybe versus your website, there may be subtle differences. But again, you know, although we believe it's really important to be everywhere, 
actually using cloud production technologies makes it much easier to create a slightly different experience for each of those platforms if you need to. Whether it's thinking about you know, streaming a vertical format for an Instagram or Snapchat or um, a TikTok for one example, or creating a different regional output, maybe thinking about the language in which you're distributing your show or the, 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 the graphics and the language in which you're putting on screen, all of this helps to make the content more relevant, more authentic uh, for, for the audience. And I think that's probably the final point I'd like to make in terms of authenticity. If you're going to be putting content out on social media in particular, you really need to think about the tone and the authentic nature of that content. If you're creating a live, whether it's a live show or a piece of you know, on-demand content, if it doesn't sit with the tone and the expectations of the audience on that platform, it isn't going to work as well. But those, you know, those, the partners and the clients that we work with that sort of really lean into that experience and they really think about what the audience wants have been the most successful. So I think in summary, the key points we want to make is this is easy to do. You can jump in, you can start to test and learn. You don't have to go out and make huge investments in expensive equipment and skills and people to make this happen. You, know, you, can, you can test things out on different platforms. You can scale up different events or formats really, really quickly, work out what works as things start to iterate and improve them. And for the formats that don't work so well on, on specific platforms or a specific content type, they can also be shut down very quickly. And that, in essence, is one of the core benefits of the cloud. It does give you the flexibility to test, to learn, to iterate and improve, just as you would do when you're building building a product. It's a, pro, pro, it's a process of continuous you know, optimization and improvement. So hopefully that gives you, know, gives you a pretty quick summary of, of what we've been doing at Gravio, you know, the opportunities in, in live production across all social and digital platforms, but hopefully most importantly, to show that it's easy, anyone can really do it if they want to, and we'd be more than willing to help if people have questions. Thanks, Gareth. It's really it's fascinating uh, that the, 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 the agility of the cloud and what it can bring to, to people, you know, the fact that it makes it just completely accessible, it's easy to use, um, and uh, I think the integrations with all the OTTs, the TVs, and the social media platforms allow consumers to consume content however they want to, whatever device, whatever time, at a good price point, with good quality. So I think that, um, you know, uh, the fundamental ways of traditional broadcasting have absolutely changed for good. Um, and, uh, you know, it can only be um, hybrid or fully remote workflows, um, really, that sort of, you know, are, are taken forward from here. So that's all we've got time for, unfortunately. Thanks again very much for joining us uh, for our first monthly podcast. It's been great to talk to you, Gareth, about this. Make sure you listeners subscribe to stay up to date with all the latest conversations hosted by the Gravio team. Next month, you will be hearing from Mike Kelly, who's the president of Americas on the latest news within the industry. And listeners, you can stay up to date with all the latest content by our team via the resources tab on the website. Thanks so much for joining us and we look forward to speaking to you soon.